We love supporting and promoting the creators of musical theater throughout the world. And we would love to have your support as well. Go to musicaltheaterradio.com and click on the Become a Patron button because a supportive community is a strong community. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theater Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. There are times I wish I lived in the UK, or it was at least a little bit closer than it is. Because on April 12th, 2023, at the Milton Keynes Theater, there's going to be what sounds like a phenomenal night of music. Alpha presents the best of the West End, and the lineup of performers is just incredible. And we'll be doing a series of interviews with some of those performers, starting with Ben Forrester. Let's jump right in and get to know a little bit more about him, his career in this spectacular night of musical theater. Ben, welcome to the show. Yay, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's nope. very nice to be here. Awesome. So before we get to talk into uh, that incredible night of music, let's get to know you a little bit more. Uh, so in 30 seconds, the bio of Ben. Who is Ben oh, in 30 seconds? Goodness me. Okay, well, I'm originally from Sunderland, moved to London when I was 16, went to drama school, uh, opened in my first West End show when I was 18. Um, then when I was in my 30s, I did an Andrew Lloyd Webber TV show where he searches for a Jesus, a Maria, a Joseph. I did the Jesus one and, um, and won. I'd done a few nice things before, but that sort of really opened up uh, my career and my life a lot. Um, and since then, done amazing, had amazing experiences, uh, had an amazing experience touring Jesus Christ Superstar around the world in arenas and then um, played Phantom and other fun things like Rocky Horror Show and Elf and things like that. So, yeah, it's been brilliant. Fantastic. So were you always in a musical theater growing up? I know you started uh, as, as a teenager, but was that something you were interested in growing up or is that just something? It you was. It, we had, um, we've got a thing in the UK called amateur dramatics. I don't know what the comparison would be in Canada or uh, the States, maybe like a glee club or something like that, mm. but it's for like the whole family. And my family went to amateur dramatic uh, society each week it's where like we put one show on a year and you go on a Thursday night and you rehearse from you know half six until nine or half nine um, and over the year you work on a show so I was always brought up in that environment where my mum and dad were you know singing they were on stage only amateur not professional but it, it sort of uh, woke up my love of musicals and you know all the different composers and and being in front of an audience as well, which I think is a is a, something that you learn and become obsessed with as a child. If you get applause, you just want more applause. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's it's the best kind of drug. It's the it's, yeah. It is, is there any... yeah. There's nothing quite like people a, a crowd of people uh, cheering for you. You know, for your ego, for your uh, for everything. It's just a lovely feeling, which will never I'll never grow tired of. <laughs> Was there any point that you went, um, I, maybe, maybe I'll do something else? Because I'm always curious if, because we all love the arts and that. Was there something else you thought about going into maybe? Yeah, there was. I mean, uh, when I was 16, making the move from sort of Sunderland in 1990s, you know, I, I do also have huge parallels with the movie Billy Elliot. It's the same period of time in the coal mine and strikes um, where I'm from the situation that I was living in, it's all very, very similar. And um, it was a big decision to do that straight out of school. So actually my mum was like, why don't you get a 
job and do a job that you can fall back on if it doesn't work. So I actually went into graphic design when I was 16. I got an apprentice as a graphic designer, which was still very creative. Um, but I only lasted about eight months and I was like, this just is not for me. I cannot wake up every day and go into an office with the same people, do the same thing. Um, I, I just want to be creative and I want to perform. Um, so that was my, so, my sort of first opportunity of doing something different. Um, when I got to London and I started working in the West End, I did think to myself, maybe I want to do music and be a singer-songwriter. And I signed like with some big management companies and was songwriting for three or four years and did original stuff. But actually, I just, I don't think I was very good at it. It didn't ever, I always got to the final moment, the final meeting at a record company, but never got to sign the deal. Um, and even though I wanted to do that, I wanted to be uh, an original singer-songwriter. Actually, I don't think I'm very original. I haven't really got big opinions or I'm not out there in any way. Um, and it wasn't until a few years later, I was like, actually, I I just really want to sing and act. And, and I want to be back in that musical theatre world. So I just manoeuvred myself back into that, really. Uh, but it was nice. I mean, I enjoyed being a singer-songwriter, and I loved the creativity of writing songs. It just never really happened uh, for me. Well, you know what? You still have the rest of your life. <laughs> like it can yeah, no, it's back. true. It's, so it's nice. true. But actually, I don't know that I would get the same joy. You know, mm -hmm. it's different. I also was in, you know, I was in my early 20s, so... When you're struggling from job to job, you're fighting for the roles, you're fighting for, you know, ensemble with a cover and all that stuff. It it didn't feel as as self-fulfilling as it does now. Being a sort of leading man when you played the Phantom or, you know, when you've been on part of a TV show like Superstar, um, I prefer where my career is now when I can, you know, have got options. I can choose what I want to do. I can go all over the world and sing concerts and be a concert vocalist as well as an actor and singer. I feel so much more privileged and it's so, so much more of a wonderful life than the sort of fight that I had in my early 20s. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know whether I would ever really want to swap what I have because it's just so lovely. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I, I totally understand that feeling. You know, if you you in your 20s, you're still trying to figure things out. <laughs> what exactly yeah. you want to do. Um, I also might have been chasing fame a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, maybe the ego in me, like we just talked about, about kids getting applause. Maybe it was that. I don't know whether I wanted to be famous and I wanted to be rich and famous. I don't know. Um, obviously, that changes as well when you become older and more mature and you realize that life is actually just about being happy every day. Um, and actually, I don't want to be famous now. I wouldn't want that level of fame that people can can have um, or that level of criticism or that level of, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm happy being Phantom of the Opera. Definitely. <laughs> and that's the key. You know, you use the key word, you're happy with what you're doing. Yeah. And that's one, yeah. one of the most important things. So Yeah, I mean, it's a look, I'm, there is still a, a weird little level of fame that comes with what we do. You know, I can be sitting in a restaurant in, you know, a random airport lounge, or I can sit in a restaurant in New York or Mexico, and someone will go, are you Ben Forster? Oh, my God, I saw this, or I saw this. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And it's still, that's just the level I like. You know, I don't want it every day in in uh, in the supermarket or whatever. But, yeah, sometimes it's nice, you know someone going, oh my God, I saw a concert and you were just 
amazing and I loved it. That's just such a lovely thing to happen in your life so randomly at a random point. And that is a nice level of sort of fame or what you do. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm always curious about what's that little step higher, right? When all of a sudden everybody knows you. You've, you, I think you've maintained, you've reached that, that almost optimal level of you know people yeah. recognize you but you can still go out and enjoy yourself and 100 percent. no one even give no one even bats an eyelid you know and you could say it's a very when, when i talk when i say about those moments the very few and far between it happens yeah. maybe three or four times a year where i'll go into a shop or a store or i'll be in a restaurant and someone will go i saw your gig here or i saw this or i saw this on tv or you know um so yeah it's but it's just a lovely little reminder that what you do gives you some acclaim i suppose and someone wants to come and say hi that's nice so you've been doing this for for a while you know started as a teenager what was that like to be on in the west end on stage as as a teenager what was that experience like that's not normal for a teenager obviously no it was amazing i actually think i just took it all for granted it was just you know it's like when you're doing it and it's your life i just was i just presumed that that was normal i also like this had this real innate arrogance that it was just always going to happen for me and i just always felt like i was going to get to the west end um <laughs> so i was in college for like a year and a half and then i got a west end show and i was like oh yeah that's kind of what happens <laughs> um you know everyone else on my course didn't really get i mean a few people you know a handful of people have had some really good success um but out of 50 people in my year you know it still never really happened and yes they've gone on to amazing careers of in different things casting and you know tv production and all that stuff but actually what we all wanted at that time i was very lucky i got it quite early and i remember i mean i did it did make me feel proud you know my parents and all my family came down on a huge coach from sunderland and what a night that was you know to to feel like you've achieved something um yeah it was it was lovely wow yeah. um You've been, you've played uh, Buddy three times. <laughs> like, what is three. That, like, what is it that draws you back to it? What is it about uh, that show? Do you know what? It's it's getting, I've actually returned to almost every job I've ever done. I've hmm. always left and went back. I don't know, you get to know the person. Like, I love, I love Buddy. Like, my little buddy that's in my heart and in my soul that I played every night. Like he's, he doesn't exist in my life. Yes. There are elements of, you know, him and elements of comedy and stupidity and fun and personality, but he is very, he's not me. That is a totally different person, but I love who buddy was, um, you know, and you do sort of, I know you have like a little ownership, you know, uh, I, I like thinking that, you know, I'm, I like returning to stuff because you're like, oh, I get to revisit it. And also it becomes fresh every time you do it and you mm -hmm. find new routes and new things to do. Um, so, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. I love Little Buddy and I love the music. The, the music in Elf is so, so good and it's such a lovely sing. It's right in my register. It's high and it's powerful and it's like big band Broadway songs. Um, and I love all that sort of you know, it isn't it isn't like a legit musical theatre sound and it isn't just pop. It's like this lovely twangy sort of Broadway sound. And I love it. I love singing that. 
but I think you're right. When coming back to it, it isn't always the same because you got different performers you're working with, you got different mm. directors, you got a little bit of everything. So there's a familiarity, but it's still all new, which is yeah. which is always exciting. So yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. That's and I also right. see um I actually play you on the station on our radio station, uh the pursuit of ha- pursuit the route to happiness. Oh my god! Yeah, wow. Yeah. I I've, I play a few of Alexander's stuff, and I've I've talked to him and stuff like that. So I did. I, I was going through my stuff, doing my research, and I was like, "Hey, I already play Ben on the station, so that's uh, fantastic." It's a, it's an amazing um, I'll, it's an amazing musical that that he wrote. I mean, I remember learning it. Oh my god, me and Carrie Ellis were just like <laughs> we were in a room for weeks. Like, how are we going to learn these crazy melodies? Um. But it, it's amazing. It was a, it was a lovely thing to do, actually. It's a shame it never has been put on, or maybe it did, but I didn't do it. But I think he tried to put it on once, or it might have been on once or twice. Um, but yeah, it's really interesting music. Yeah, it's it's. I played on the station because it's one of those shows that I always feel like many of the shows I play, they just need to be found. Like yeah, somebody yeah. just needs to discover it and hear it and go, ooh. And learn more. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's so much amazing work happens. You know, we focus so much on all the commercial sides of musical theatre. And of course, they have to exist because we need millions of people a year to come to theatre districts all over the world. So all of that has to have a calling for the masses. But oh my God, the stuff that we, the stuff that I hear in the new song cycles and stuff, it's just brilliant. You know, there's amazing stuff being written. Yeah, for every one show you know, there's thousands you don't and 100 percent, and that's that's my goal to bring those thousands to people and all those beautiful stories and songs you know that's what musical theaters musical theater just you know evokes emotion and tells stories in such a brilliant way so yeah there's so much stuff there to be discovered definitely for sure well let's talk about um the show that you're going to be doing on the the 12th the uh the best of the west end um how did you get involved with that well, I mean, I was actually originally the first ever one. I was just booked as a as a performer that we did at the Royal Albert Hall. Um, and that was a, a long time ago now. Um, and I, I worked for Alpha for, uh, for quite a lot of gigs and shows and stuff. And um, at a certain point, I'd um, expressed uh, some interest in sort of, you know, helping them make their shows bigger and better if I could. Um, and the owner of the company was like, oh yeah, you know, do do one of our shows and you, you know, sort of creative direct and sort of executive producer. And um, and I did a few of those. And then he said, can you do Best of the West End for us? Um, <clears throat> and so I moved into sort of the creative director role on that concert, which I loved. I mean, it was, it's just being able to, um, be that extravagant you know Alpha definitely know how to put their money where their mouth is and they're very supportive of the the art and the community and the want people to be working and the want to create opportunities and the want to pay people properly um, so it's it's amazing those things I've never had a meeting with the owners of Alpha that went how much money are we making ever and that's a real big thing because they always go how much money are we going to lose and I'm like <laughs> you know because they just want it to be the biggest and best that it can be um so for that it's a gift because it, when we did it at the Royal Albert Hall uh, we were the first piece of entertainment that opened up 
London after after the COVID pandemic, um, and we had two hundred people on stage. It was insane. I mean, it was one of the biggest events the Royal Albert Hall's ever seen, um, and you know that's an, a beautiful thing because I used you know an amazing choreographer, amazing world class dancers, a sixty five piece orchestra, um, you know. We had 17 headliners. It was just insane. Now, of course, the Royal Albert Hall uh, has a premium ticket price and it also has four and a half thousand seats. So it, you're able to take a big risk with a show like that. Um, Milton Keynes is a smaller version, but it's just as brilliant. You know, it's a, it's yes, not 200 people on stage, but there's a fair few. Uh, we've got dancers, we've got an orchestra, we've got um, me and Lucy Jones, Matt Henry and Louise Diamond, all iconic, uh, you know, amazing singers to sing with. Um, and yeah, we're just going to make it like a, a night of the best moments and the best music and the best you know, not necessarily the best people, but, you know, it's it's a night of the best of the West End. There are lots of amazing people in the West End. Um, but, you know, this is a really nice selection. And I think it just gives people an opportunity to come and, you know, see a big culmination of what we love and what people are fans of. Um, and also, if you missed Louise as Galinda or you missed her as Alphaba or you missed Lucy in Waitress or you missed me in Jesus Christ Superstar, it's a moment to just kind of see us see those big iconic numbers as well as lots of little nice surprises. How how were what is the process for choosing the songs for this? Um, actually, I mean it's it's a conversation between you know obviously I don't want to uh, ask Louise to sing something that she doesn't want to sing, so I basically go right. What are your give me eight songs that you love? Give me the ones you have to sing, and then give me like. 10 songs that you'd love to sing. Um, and then I think about like, I go, okay, we haven't really seen something from this musical for a long time. So let's do a medley of this or, and I bring a bit of my sort of creativity in and hopefully then, and then we just, I mean, I just kind of look at everything and go, right, this has to be there. This has to be there. This has to be there. What are the best ways to fill those gaps and what makes it the most interesting for the audience and what journey can we go on? And when it's, after it's been big, can we then go so small that it just makes everyone cry? You know, uh, all them little things that you want, I think. Uh, that's the process, I think, in my mind anyway. <laughs> Do we get to hear what some of the songs might be? Or is this a hush-hush we can't talk about? I mean, I don't want to give away too I, I love surprise. I think yeah. the element of surprise in a concert is amazing because it's when you hear the dun, 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 yes, dun, yeah or the you know uh you, you hear little things fed in and it's that's the stuff that takes us on a journey so i don't want to preempt it too yeah. much but look you're definitely going to get like i'm not going to do a night where i don't sing something from phantom i'm not going to sing a night where yeah. i don't do something from G's <laughs> Star. louise and and uh, uh uh and lucy are going to sing wicked you know they have to um so no matt's gonna do something from kinky boots of course so uh all them things will be there but yeah they're gonna be lovely surprises wonderful yeah there's there's always songs you, that you know or, or shows that you know that's gonna happen right you, yeah not and we need them well actually there'd be uproar if you know if i if i if i booked lucy johns and she did not sing something from wicked <laughs> i would be shot at the stage door you know i wouldn't be able to get out 
It's yeah. true. We, we, you know, we've got to make, we've got, you know, all of those people individually have fans and they're going to come and see the show. So, you know, they need to get their money's worth. Yeah. And what a great lineup you have. Yeah, it's that amazing. I feel very, very lucky uh, that all them guys are on board and that they're in the show. And even that I get to, I mean, look, I am a musical theater fan. That's why I went into this industry. Mm. I love the music and I love the people. And I love the voices. So for me to get on stage and sing alongside those guys is a complete gift. Yeah. I think people sometimes forget that we in the industry are also fans of people in the industry. And you look across the stage and go, I'm war I'm on stage with this person. I, lo I love this person. Oh my God, I, and I mean, so many moments in my life, I'm just like on stage listening to people sing. And I'm just like, oh my God. I used to be like, want to be in the audience watching you sing. And now I'm just, standing, you know, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's it's a, one of the mind blowing things of my life is that you just get to be, no one else, everyone else sits in front of the stage and watches. And I actually get to be on there. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> Have you been on stage with them before? Any of them? Yeah, I've done uh, actually all of them. I've, uh, Matt was in Best of the West End at the Royal Albert Hall the last time. Um, he was just literally sensational. I mean, it was an unbelievable performance from him. Um, uh, Lucy, I've done gigs with. And Louise, I was in Greece, the musical, with in 2002. <laughs> 21 years ago um, and we've done lots of like little things in between that as well nice is there is there a, a song from the West End that you've performed that is just one that um, you know you get lost in the moment that you're singing and the, the audience goes away everything goes away and you're just so focused on that you just love yeah, to perform I mean I, I've just never sang Gethsemane and not went there. I mean, and it's ugly, you know, it's a, I can be completely crying my eyes out. It's not pouring out my nose, you know, a spit coming out of my mouth, but you've just, I've just got to go to that place. I can't do that song half. It's weird. Even in a rehearsal, I get this sort of deep down uh, pain of, uh, of that song um i don't know that it always meant a lot to me actually i remember like you know literally singing into the mirror when i was like 10 years old um and being like i just love this song so much but then it changed my life so much and then i really went there uh and you know it's a weird it's weird performing in arenas you know different from doing you know a 2000 seat a theater where people are in front of you to doing like 30 35,000 people in an arena where they're actually like the front row is already like 20 feet away from you. It does feel like you're by yourself. And when you've got these, you've got 20 uh, spotlights on you and you just feel like you're, I mean, sometimes you just feel like you're doing it. Like, I feel like I'm having a conversation with God, even though I'm not really religious, you know? Um, but yeah, you go there totally. Is is there a show that you've always wanted to do on the West End? Is there a show that you go, oh, I want to do this? Whether whether you're appropriate for now, for age or or whatever, is there a show that you've just wanted to do? There's a few. There's a few that I feel like I've missed out on. I feel like um, I would have loved to have been rusty in Starlight Express in my youth. 
um, just because I love the songs. And I would have loved to have been Mickey and Blood Brothers. Um, yeah. But Bill Kenwright would never let me audition because I was two inches too big. Um, and I would I would still really love to be uh, to do and get a chance to do Jean Valjean in Le Mis. I just want to sing that material. I really love it. And I really want to do his death. I mean, I just, I'm like, I just need that moment in my life. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, we could cobble together something with, with since Lucy's done Les Mis a few times, maybe we'll yeah. figure out something. <laughs> yeah. You know, together. you never know. Exactly. <laughs> um, can you roller skate? I'm, I'm curious now. Hell no. Okay. I, can't, I can't, I couldn't of, and I wouldn't be able to. Um, but still, I just love that, you know, yeah. Starlight Express. I just love that melody. It's just so nice. Yeah, it's it's a, that's a show that so few people will be able to put on just because because of the skating part. It's just crazy. Yeah. It's really hard. I mean, it's it was so brilliant. I remember seeing it when I was, you know, again, like 10 or 11. And I saw it a few times uh, over the years before it closed. It's a brilliant show. And the music and the journey is so good. I mean, it just doesn't make sense to ever be able to do it anywhere else, apart from if you build a theatre. But, um, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, so give us now, I guess, the most important part, the who, what, when, where, and why. So tell us a little bit about the 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 best of the West End. When is it? How can we get tickets and things like that? So Best of the West End is at Milton Keynes Theatre on the 12th of April. It's got me, Ben Forster, uh, Lucy Jones, Louise Demon, and Matt Henry. Um, the brilliant John Quirk is our musical director. Um, it's being choreographed by Ben Davies. Um, and it is going to take you on a journey of all the things you might have missed and all the things you might have seen and loved and you can relive again. Um, it is just a night celebrating our incredible world of musical theatre. Um, and, you know, hopefully it, it'll just be a real night to remember. You know, shows like this are so hard to put on because they cost a lot of money and the risk is always so big to um, to take a risk. We've got a brilliant opportunity with Alpha to, you know, put this show on to make it work and to create a really great piece of entertainment for people. So please, if you're around and you are, uh, you know, and you're free and you want to come to Milton Keynes to see us, we would love it. <laughs> I think the audience is going to have a great night sitting there watching all of you perform all those fantastic yeah, songs. It's really but, beautiful. Let me just end with one more question. When you're sitting in the audience, is there something that you watched? that affected you when you were sitting in a West End theater and you saw something and you went, wow. So many things. Do you know what? I can go and see like a Turkey, one of the shows that like everyone says is bad. And I, I, I just love live entertainment. I do always allow myself to go there. I love performers and I love different styles of performers. I love seeing people do the roles that I've done but doing them differently. I love that. Like, um, I, I hardly ever see bad. So actually, I always feel a bit moved. I mean, there are things that, um, you know, I've just mentioned them, but I remember seeing, I mean, when I watched Phantom as a kid, as a, as a, as a really like maybe nine, ten, I remember being totally moved by it. Um, Lemis, I've seen maybe 20 times. 
in my life. I would never say no to a ticket. I love the journey of Lemmy's. I love the music. Um, and Blood Brothers, I remember when that came to on tour to my hometown in Sunderland, um, it was there for like a week. And I went to see on the first night and then I went to every show that week, like a little crazy <laughs> musical theatre fan. Um, but it's because like just the, the, that end scene in Blood Brothers where you're so invested and then it's just the when she's facing the back and you just hear her go, tell me it's not true. I remember like hysterically crying and like not being able to breathe when I came out of the theatre um, and literally going by myself and making my mum and dad drop me at the theatre and just watching it again and again and again. So, yeah, there have been lots of things that moved me, but I, I can literally be moved watching a concert, you know, seeing Louise as Evita or, you know, um, Lucy in Waitress was so amazing. I mean, you know, there are there are always brilliant moments. For sure. That's perfect answer. I, I totally agree. Whether it's good or a turkey or whatever, just go mm. see live theater. It's gonna, yeah. it's gonna you're gonna find something. Yeah, know. like the one song or one person's commitment. Literally, I can live off of a, a an ensemble dancer giving me everything they have. Yeah. Literally, the show could be awful, and I could be like, but that dancer is fucking brilliant. Oh, I just swore a little bit. I swallowed it though. That's okay. <laughs> it happens. You have to be. Uh, ben yeah. thank you so much for coming on and talking to us today uh like i said at the beginning i wish the uk was a little bit closer to canada because i wish so you much were stuff. there's so much stuff over there that well I we'll have to just bring it to canada i'm in toronto where else are we gonna bring it to right? best of the west end toronto oh, coming at ya. Nah. i'm looking forward <laughs> to that maybe happening <laughs> i'm not announcing it i'm just suggesting an idea just let's yeah. put it straight before <laughs> <laughs> I'll work on it this week. Awesome. Ben, again, thank you so much. Congratulations on the show. Um, it sounds incredible, and I think everybody should go check it out. Oh, thank you so much. No problem. All right. We were just <laughs> we were just speaking with Ben Forster from uh, who's gonna be one of the four incredible performers at Alpha's The Best of the West End on April 12th of 2023. Tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guests about their life, love, and passion that is musical theater. I'm your host as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. And until next time, I'll see you when I see you. <laughs>